Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me, I've got my namesake from the Sunday show. Hello, I'm Chris. How are we? This is, I'm good, yourself? <laughs> is this some sort of Chris presenter off, is it? I don't know, yeah. To be, I always find it weird speaking to people whose name's Chris as well. I just... had a girlfriend called Chris. It was great screaming out oh. my own name in bed. Wow, wow. That's just got... <laughs> the fact that I can see your face at the moment as well makes it even weirder. Um, yeah. If, it's, if it was... As a presenter off, a presenter off, you would definitely win. Oh, I don't think, I don't think oh, so. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think anyone who's listened to the Sunday Show last week will say my attempt at humour on a podcast just doesn't work. Did you have the tumbleweed? No, but um, I made an Avengers reference in my intro, and Dave called me out on it instantly. <laughs> I must confess, I've not listened to this week, so I've only had a four-day week at work. So. Yeah, don't. I rambled a bit. Did you? That's what I do. Well, let's do that, some of that on here. Right, we're going to talk about the Champions League, Premier League, uh, lots of leagues around uh, England and Europe that are coming to their conclusions. We're going to talk about those as well. So, first of all, um, do you fancy a bit of Schadenfreude? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, we'll start with White Hart Lane, shall we? Spurs nil, Ajax won. So, Arsenal fan Chris, <laughs> um, Van der Beek scored uh, quite early on, and then he had a chance to sort of square it to another player to... I have to forgive me, but I can't remember hardly any of the names uh, to score a second, but he didn't. Uh, and then they hit the post in the second half. I tweeted, I was live, sort of live tweeting from the Man of the Post account um, that Ajax on the pitch reminded me of the sort of Army of the Dead on Game of Thrones. There just seemed mm-hmm. to be hundreds of them everywhere. Um, and someone on Football Weekly said that his mate had to sort of stop and count the number of Ajax players on the pitch at one point. He was actually at the game just to make sure there weren't 12. They, that first sort of half an hour until the Vertonghen injury, they just seemed absolutely everywhere, didn't they? Yeah, they they were ripping Spurs apart. I was so impressed with them. Like yeah. Ajax, it was the type of football you would pay to watch. Like they they were they were relentless going forward, and they made it look so easy. It was like five side football. Like the, the the way they were just literally flicking little flicks. It wasn't what you'd expect from a Champions League semi final. Like you expect both teams to be quite edgy and stuff like that. But yeah, Ajax. It was it was like Ajax were playing against like a non league team. It was they had no fear at all. It was it, like you say. It, it, you don't expect this from a Champions League team. It's funny because it's just, it's just like maybe this team is so young they just have no fear. So this is how they play. But there was there were little triangles of playing to each other. They were first or second ball. Um, they were pressing Spurs so well. They just didn't have an answer, Spurs, did they at all? Yeah, so it's it, it's weird though. It's like I said, I remember think I remember saying in the group chat at the time, like this Ajax team looks so well as a unit. Like obviously playing together, they're all young lads and whatever. Um, what happens when they move to other clubs? Because they're not going to have that. You know, they're not okay. A few of them will probably end up at Barcelona and stuff like that, but they're not going to be playing that type of play because one, they haven't got the relationships with the players at Barcelona, and two, Barcelona don't 
while Barcelona have their, their tiki-taka style, it's not the same freedom. Because basically, yeah, Ajax were literally allowed to do what they wanted in, in that game for the first period and stuff. So is it going to be a case where these Dutch players are fantastic? Obviously, they're, they're doing it against a Premier League team and looking fantastic. But does that is it the sum of... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Great is it just... Yeah, is it great in some of its parts? You know, that it's just that team in that time, that space, as they are. But yeah, they they made Spurs look very, very ordinary. Fair play to Spurs though. After that, they made a few changes. Obviously, uh, Alderweireld went out after having his head smashed That's open. Cool. I was even yeah, yeah, yeah. Vertonghen went off. Alderweireld smashed his face in. That's the one. That's right. um, um, and they Pochettino got them restructured. I think they changed their shape a little bit. I think Sissoko. Uh, no, it wasn't Sissoko, was it? It was. Uh, was it Sissoko? Did Sissoko come on? Yeah, yeah, he came on. In, yeah, he was their best player. Yeah, which says a lot about Spurs. I've got um, to be honest. I think that's. I think that in a weird way, that head injury got Pochettino out of um, out of jail a little bit because mm-hmm. the camera was um, after about sort of twenty minutes or so. The camera was suddenly flicked over to Sissoko, who was warming up, and you think this is going to be a first half substitution. Um, mm-hmm. This is basically the mission by Pochettino that he's got it wrong and he's trying to sort it. Then all of a sudden, the head injury, Vertonghen has to come off. Oh, I know, I'll send Sissoko on, um, and nobody's any the wiser, and, and that seemed to sort of do the trick from then on in. Yeah, because yeah, um, they changed their shape, didn't they, and everything. Yeah. And it seemed, it seemed to work. It was as if Ajax knew how Spurs were going to play, and they were like, right, we're going to... This we we can just walk through this, and then when the change in shape happened, I think it rattled Ajax a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting you say about foreign teams because Barcelona have already bought uh, Frankie de Jong, haven't they? Uh, for yeah. Next season, it'd be interesting if they if, if when this team gets broken up, if clubs bought these two, if clubs bought players in pairs, so if they bought Matthias de Ligt as well, that's a centre back pairing. I know he played mm-hmm. in the field for this, but but de Jong and de Ligt is a centre-back pairing for the next 10 years if they play anything like this you might as well buy them in a pair might you if they've already got this understanding yeah because to be fair they're not they're not going to cost you a ridiculous amount of money right, okay yeah. Uh, well yeah De Jong's gone for 75 million I think they've already come out and said the Delict won't cost that much yeah, he's a 21-year-old centre-back who is proving it on the... Is it, oh, yeah, even better. He's, he's proven he can play on the big stage and whatever. So I think if you did pay £75 million for him, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But then, yeah, some of the smaller players... Uh, oh, there's a winger. What's his name? Oh, one of the Rockefeller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know, but he, apparently he's got a release clause that is quite low mm. and stuff like that. So then you could... If, if you're looking at buying one player and then one of his mates is cheap... Clubs used to do it in the old days, uh, and it was something you used to have to do on Football Manager. You'd buy a player because they had a relationship mm. and to help them settle and stuff. But I think if if they go to teams like Barcelona, like Barcelona and uh, like the Dutch worship Barcelona and stuff like that, so I think that they always have that 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 incentive to go there anyway. I'm I'm kind of hoping and praying that Dilik comes to Arsenal. He's exactly what we need this season. He is, uh, but he's not going to go to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Are, are we a big enough club? Um, uh, no. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's talk that he might be off to uh, Liverpool even because of Van Dijk and stuff like that. I think him and Van Dijk would be incredible mm. at the back. But... Um, if Barcelona come in for any of those players, they're going to go there. I think we're, I think Arsenal are looking at the the, the, the winger who we're discussing his name. I don't know for the life of me. Um, but yeah, it's a frightening team. It's a shame in a way that it's going to get broken up as well. Because if they're that good now, getting to the Champions League semi-final, they're probably going to get to the final. To be no disrespect to Spurs, even though I am an Arsenal fan, um, they're probably going to get to the final. Imagine how good they could be in a couple of years' time. It's only two years ago they got to the Europa League final, isn't it? So that's the Europa League. We get to the semi-finals every year in that. 
<laughs> I mean, that team maybe wasn't as broken up as, as maybe you'd like to imagine. After 20 minutes, I saw a stat, which again I tweeted. Um, Spurs, 40 passes, Ajax, 133. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? It's Absolutely insane. Um, for Tongan's head injury, um, what did you make of that? The uh, Spurs staff said he was okay to come on. Even the referee came over and checked. Um, it was pretty obvious to anyone with a pair of eyes that he wasn't, was it? Yeah, he threw up at the side of the pitch. Yeah. Like, he, he was in no way ready to come back on. And OK, Spurs, he's an important player for Spurs, so they're going to want him on the pitch. And I suppose it's a Champions League semi-final. He would probably want to come back on. Why isn't there someone independent there to make the call? Don't let the club doctor who's invested in in the result make that decision. It's OK Spurs coming out and saying, oh, yeah, he didn't suffer concussion two days later. But they can come, they could come out and say that, couldn't they? Any, yeah. any, like anyone could. But it's not the first time it's happened, is it? I, I don't think it's even the first time it's happened at Spurs. Neither was Reese, wasn't there? Yeah, when he got smashed in the head. Yeah, oh no, concussion. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> I think they need to do more to protect players. They should have an independent doctor. I'm sure they do have some kind of ind- independent specialist at 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 the grounds anyway. But you know, boxing has it. Yeah. Okay, boxing's a little bit different because you're being punched in the head constantly. But you know, head injuries are a big thing in sport. The Americans take it very seriously, you know, in American football, and they wear helmets for fuck's sake. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I find it strange. I think you're right about the independent doctors being on the pitch as, as well as or instead of the physios. But the other thing, from a footballing point of view, if even if you want him to stay on, you've got a half fit Vertonghen on the pitch when you've got fully fit substitutes sat on the side. I mean, it makes yeah. logical sense to, to bring him off, doesn't it? I think the other problem is as well, a lot of managers now, they plan their substitutions. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll see managers who will make substitutions at the same time in pretty much every game, the same sort of changes. And obviously, if there's an ad hoc injury like that, which, you know, are generally quite well in football, it throws the, the coach's tactics out as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, I can't remember who it was, but in the group chat, I think someone was talking about having um, a rule where it, if if there's like a concussion or something serious like that, it doesn't count towards your substitution quota because it's got it's for the safety of the player. You've got to take them off. There shouldn't there should be a way that doesn't make the club think, oh, we've got to keep him on because it's going to end up costing us. Although at the end of the day, if it does cost the club, that's better than it costing somebody, you know, a potential serious serious injury. You know, if he's got a concussion, he keeps playing. He he, he never plays again. Yeah. So the club loses out long term anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, well, next up for these two, Ajax have got the Dutch Cup final on Sunday, so they can't really rest players. Um, Spurs probably can because they're away at Bournemouth, although they've only won one away game all year. That was against Borussia Dortmund. So they've been in a bit of a rickety old run, haven't they, in the Premier League? And they've not quite got fourth place secured. That They're four points ahead of fifth place uh, Arsenal, aren't they, with two games left to play. So. Yeah, um, it's it, it's weird with Spurs. I remember saying on the Sunday show this week, I was like, um, I, I'm not even looking at my own notes. I was just like, well, out of the top four, obviously no one wants to finish in the top four this season. Uh, so I thought Spurs had the better run of form because they'd moved into their new stadium. They'd won like the first four games and whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when I looked at my own notes, I, I was like, oh, actually, I've written down here that Spurs had, had lost seven, uh, seven in, not out of nine mm. and stuff like that. And you'd, I think moving to the new stadium kind of paved over that a little bit and stuff. So, yeah, their form's not great. And but then again, Bournemouth are like, you know, they're a weird opposition, aren't they, Bournemouth? Bournemouth, uh, yeah. I've said on this before that they're a sort of relegation way to happen because this getting your business done by October, if it doesn't work one year, then you're stuffed, aren't you? Yeah. Spurs average 3.1 goals a game versus Portsmouth as well, uh, Bournemouth as well. 
Yeah, who who would Ajax playing in the cup final? Because you say the Dutch cup final, but they could be playing a second division team. Uh, let me have a go. James is going to crucify me for my pronunciations <laughs> as well. Hang on, I'm just getting rid of Game of Thrones on my phone. Uh, Dutch Cup Final 2019. Right, they are going to play. Oh, Willem. Schwein. Willem two. Yeah, Willem yeah, two. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so they're they're, they're not a massive team. Yeah. It's not like they're playing PSV or Feyenoord or yeah. something. No, fair enough. Uh, Barcelona versus Liverpool was postponed, unfortunately. Um... Yeah, yeah, sure it was. Sure it was. Is it, is this the game that UEFA are going to re- make uh, forced to be replayed? There's a petition or something. So this is 3-0 oh. to, Liverpool, uh, to Barcelona, wasn't it? Um, yeah. two Liverpool, goals, Liverpool Luis fans are the funniest. I thought Arsenal fans I were think bad. Every every team's got its lunatic fringe. When you've got your fan TV, we've got weirdos on Twitter. I think everyone's you can't you can't call them fan TV because they're not fans. <laughs> Don't use that word. But yeah, no. When I saw this, because I I I saw the majority of this game. I think I, I went out the room when it was one nil. Came back and it was two nil. Uh, no, sorry, came back and it was three nil. Um, but yeah, I've, Liverpool's mind is probably is more clearly on the title. But yeah, I'm not Messi's biggest fan, but he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. On, he was on, good. On it didn't look like a punch. It looked like he sort of ran into Fabinho, didn't it? It didn't look like it was. It looked like he was sort of body checked by him. And... Yeah, I say if 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 it was a punch, then he's got no career as a boxer when he retires. <laughs> um, but it was an unnatural movement, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because Messi's smaller than than Fabinho, I could understand if he was running into me. Like you know, sometimes you put your hand up to like move them out of the way or something. Yeah. But it didn't even. It did look like he was. Because Messi is a bit of a petulant shit, which is part of the reason I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, it did look like he was just trying to be like get out of my way. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't a punch. But if if he'd have been sent off for it, I don't think anyone would have argued. No. No, probably not. Um, Suarez, that first goal, his movement was fantastic. He just sort of left. Jean Matip flat footed, didn't he? And he celebrated as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, to be fair, I was surprised he celebrated because uh, he was very, very popular at Anfield and stuff. But then again, not he's, not, he's not he's not a very nice person either, is he? Actually, he's one of those people that is probably an absolute horrible person to play against, but a really nice family man off the pitch. He's one of those I, sorts of people. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Yeah. Um, people weren't happy with Gary Lineker celebrating either, were they? <laughs> I don't get that. I don't. One, he played for Everton. Yeah. Two, he played for Barcelona. Yeah, and and he he, he constantly talks. He talks more about Barcelona than he does Spurs. Have you heard his podcast yeah. with Danny Baker? Yeah, yeah, I listen to that all the time, and he's always good, yeah, he's always talking about his time at Barcelona. Yeah. You know, you know, would Liverpool fans be upset if if Leicester scored against um, Liverpool and, and he celebrated that? Nah. You know, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get the problem. He, he, it's not like he was like. Fucking yeah, fuck you, Liverpool, and whatever. I mean, that would have been even it. better. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, no one mo- and no one moaned about Rio Ferdinand like hamming it up next to him. You no, know, exactly. Uh, Messi's free kick was his 600th Barcelona goal. If there was no wall there, would Alisson have got to it? Do you think? No. You think he'd be well out of his reach? That's yeah. the most diving I've seen Alisson do all season, as well. To be fair, uh, but it, it was a fantastic free kick. I don't think two keepers have kept it out. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, 600th Barcelona goal for Lionel Messi. Um, now he's that is his. Uh, he's now scored against thirty-two opponents in his time. Um, that is the second most in in Champions League. Sorry, that is the second most behind who? Oh, scoring against opponents in the Champions League. How yeah. recent we talking? Uh, retired maybe about ten years ago and Spanish. Oh, it's got to be Raúl. There you go. 
No clues for your next quiz. No clue, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liverpool had their chances, didn't they? Sadio Mane seemed to sort of stick it 300 feet over the bar. Um, mm-hmm. Mo Salah hit the post as well, didn't he? So Liverpool did have their chances. Yeah, Barcelona are there to be got at, though, aren't they? That they yeah. always will be. I think they were missing a few players as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think they'll go to the. They'll they'll pull off a, re- a result in the return fixture. Um, but they can make it. They can make a, a go of it, I suppose. But I can see Barcelona it, scoring on the counter attack or something. That's, that's the thing. You, you can never rule them out, can you? Yeah. Um, you know, but. I know Jurgen Klopp says they're not distracted, but it's hard not to be distracted by it. You know, perhaps if Newcastle win at the weekend, um, you know, then Liverpool have got nothing else to play for. Maybe then mm. Liverpool can throw themselves wholeheartedly into into the into the game against Barcelona. But it, it's basically a free hit for them. I think you say you're a Liverpool fan. If you get the choice over the Champions League and the, the league this season. I'd expect you'd choose the league this year. I think I would, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so you know they've got nothing to. And even if they, even if they lose in the semi-final, come second in the league, with the amount, with how well they've done in in the Champions League and the amount of points they've got in the Premier League, it, it's hard to say it's a disappointing season. Yeah, I mean, next up for them, the art, like you said, they're away at Agent Rafa. Um, Ag- <laughs> where Newcastle actually on a bit of a good run. They've won six out of seven at home, scoring at least twice in those victories, and looking for the third win in four games overall. So. They're not going to be that pushover that everybody expects them to be. Yeah, Rafa's coming out a lot in his interviews and saying, we're not here to roll over, we're here to be professional. What you expect um, him to say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was I mean, going to say... If he came out and said he, the opposite, that would be something. He, he, he's saying it quite a lot as well, which is strange. Yeah. He's protesting a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know what his record's like. Obviously, he's faced Liverpool before with other teams. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't have a look at what his record's like, but I, I can imagine when he was at Chelsea... He, he, he's put out they've had some interesting results there so yeah I've done it and, he, and he's at, I don't well I wouldn't say he's after a new contract but he's negotiating a new contract at the moment you know you know how would Mike Ashley react if suddenly the under 18s roll out tomorrow night <laughs> I found it bizarre how he wants a new contract there he must be like a masochist or something it's a, it's a project isn't it you know if he He's lo- he, he is loved. Now I say again, I'm not Rafa Benitez, his biggest fan, but you what? can understand it. No, I don't. I don't like the man. I find what? him. I find him. I, fi- I find him an arrogant wanker. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. And he's on the um, compare adverts. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, but um, I forgot to say. Yeah, but it's a project, isn't it, Newcastle? If you, the man who could turn that club around, would be a god. You know, I know in yeah. Liverpool he's he's revered, <clears> um, but. They build statues of him in Newcastle. Like they, they'd name the big market after him if uh, if he was to turn that club around. And he's, you know, the resources he's had in the last couple of seasons, he's done amazing. Imagine if he had a little bit of money behind him. And I think he knows that. And I think if he ever got the inkling, he could get some money out of Mike Ashley or if someone else came in and bought the club. I think he knows there's there's a lot that could be done at the club. You know, Manchester United got that Lord Best and Charlton Holy Trinity statue at the front. Can you imagine sort of one at Newcastle of being sort of Rafa, Jackie Milburn, and the man punching the horse? <laughs> oh, Dave's going to kill you. <laughs> Dave's going to be so unhappy. Well, let's move away quickly and talk about your lot then in the Europa League. Uh, oh, Arsenal 3, Valencia 1. Two goals for Lacazette um, and one for Aubameyang. That 90th minute goal was crucial because 2-1 going to Valencia, that's squeaky bum a little bit, but 3-1 you can breathe a bit easier, can't you? Yeah, yeah, hit fr- it as well. Yeah, to be fair, uh, free, yeah, free one's a good result. Um, it's weird because Valencia are basically the Arsenal of Spain, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, 
it, they played so many central defenders, though. It was like they were scared of us. I was like, have they not seen our last three games? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. When they got, when Valencia got the corner, I, I say I saw the first half. When Valencia got the corner, I, I needed the loo. And I said to the wife, like, I'm putting the game on my phone because I've just got a feeling Valencia are going to score from this. Because they'd had a couple of chances leading up to it as well. And obviously, when Mustafi's on the pitch, you can never feel totally confident. Um, but yeah, as soon as we went behind, though, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just didn't think we'd lose, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, we didn't come out firing like we did against Napoli in, in the first leg against Napoli. But we we were comfortable, I did, suppose. Did Bami and Lacazette start together a lot? Yes. Well, they don't. They. It's weird. Like they'll start together. They'll have a good game, and then the next game they won't start together. Uh, I think it, it's just difficult for Arsenal fans because we've we've gone through like twenty odd years of Arsene Wenger never changing his tactics. Yeah. Uh, where Emery will change his tactics every game. He, you can tell he's looking at the opposition and the way they play. Sometimes he gets it right, but there have been times where he gets it wrong. But what I like is he's he'll make changes before half time if he has to. Yeah. And stuff, and he has done a few times, but he got everything spot on against Valencia yesterday. And even like he played three at the back, um, and then like we're Ertel in the number ten role with Lacazette and Aubameyang up front together. Uh, whether he had an inkling that they were going to play nine central defenders, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I expect us to go through now. Uh, but again, it depends. Valencia could come out all attacking. You know, they've got some. You know, they've got uh, like Kevin Gamero didn't play yesterday. Uh, obviously, Rodrigo's. You know, a Spanish international and highly sought after Francis striker. You, I was surprised he wasn't in the squad. He I'm guessing he might be. Oh, what a surprise there! <laughs> uh, you know, Gabriel. I didn't even notice was playing. I really uh, I, I saw him in the tunnel at the beginning of the game. Didn't see him on the pitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, they're they're a decent looking team. But I don't fear the second leg, especially getting as you say, getting the third goal. Yeah. You know, we we look quite comfortable from everything I've from I've only seen the highlights of the second half but we, we look quite comfortable a quick one on Mustafi because I remember when he joined Gabriel Marcotti on the game podcast said that Mustafi and uh, I think he said Kashawani instead of Mertesacker but he said Mustafi and Kashawani was probably the best centre-back pairing in the Premier League at that point in time and um, what's happened to him I don't know to be fair I, I when he came I was really impressed with yeah, him yeah I was as well uh, and, and stuff like that and but it's I don't know. On his day, he's very, very good. Like I love Koscielny. He gets he gets a bit of a raw deal from Arsenal fans mm. in the same way that Alex Iwobi does. Um, Arsenal fans don't seem to rate Koscielny at all. But he, in, until he got in, like his severe injury, he was a constant for France. <clears> he was like the, one of the first names on the team sheet at the back and stuff like that. And he kept Hugo Lloris safe, uh, which is obviously no mean feat. Um, but, yeah, Mustafi, I don't know what it is. He came in, he was really good, but then he just goes... It's like, I don't know if it's a German thing, because Jens Lehmann was the same. Jens Lehmann was fantastic for us, but every now and again, it was like his brain disconnected, and he just did something incredible. I, did. Um, I don't know. I, I generally don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating, I know that. I can imagine. There's <laughs> uh, someone called Neto playing golf for Valencia, I thought was quite funny. Very yeah, he's supposed, to be, supposed to be quite minute. good, apparently. I think he's, he's Brazilian. Is, is he Brazilian? I think he was an understudy to Buffon at Juventus, and he moved yeah. for lack of game time, I think. But yeah, it's only called Neto playing in front of a net. <laughs> um, here's another quiz for you. Alexander Lacazette is the third Arsenal player to score a brace in a European semi-final. Who were the other two? Okay, European semi-finals. Okay, so let's think. Last, so we had a semi-final last year. I don't think anyone got a double then, because that was Atletico Madrid. Uh, the Villarreal game... 
Do you want a clue? Do you want the years? Oh, go on, hang on, hang on. Right, I'll give you the years. Yeah, give me the years. 69-70 season. Oh, fucking hell. And 94-95 season. Okay, 94-95. I remember the 94-95 one, watching, watching the game. Alan Smith? Nope. Oh. Defender. Defender who scored a double? Yeah. Two headers from hell. a corner. I, I I imagine they were going to be headers. Uh, oh, did Adams ever get doubles? Okay, I'm going to go Adams. I don't no. think it's right. Steve Bold. Steve Bold. Okay, and 69-70? Yeah. Oh, here we go. This is where my memory goes. Liam Brady? Nah, Charlie George. Oh, fucking age for the only other player I can think of about that team as well. Uh, Dexter, you're at home to Brighton in the Matthew Upson derby. Um, you've lost I, I love that. I love your little derby thing. Steve Sidwell as well, isn't it? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, he was a youth, youth prospect at, the, at, at Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next year at home to Brighton. Arsenal have lost their um, last three, uh, according yeah. to this and uh, Brighton zero Premier League wins in seven so this is one for so Bright- the entertainers Brighton win isn't it um, <laughs> Brighton win all over in, in, at home in the Premier League to teams based on the south coast ok great <laughs> to be fair there's quite a few of them though isn't there yeah. um, I, I don't know it's it's it's, it's so inf- incredibly frustrating with us though. so are we, we're at home yep. this is our last home game I think it is I should imagine I'd take 37 games that yeah if we're, if we're away I'd probably be a little bit worried but Brighton as shit aren't they, oh, um, they aren't so yeah I imagine they'll have nil nil stamped all over it um, no I think I've, I'd like to think we finish <clears throat> our home our last home game of the season in style yeah does he play Peter Cech you know you know you know, or is Peter Cech concentrating on his music career? Is he retiring at the end of the season, Peter Cech? Yeah, he's, 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 he's potentially his last game could be the Europa League final. Has he said that, has he? Yeah, he's, he's, he announced it like by last year that he was retiring at the end of the season. Oh, OK. That's, I think that's why he's played more games in the Europa League, even when we probably could have done with playing Leno. Yeah. OK, uh, right, we'll go on to Chelsea then. They drew 1-1 at Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, Jovic scored the first goal. I think it's his 26th goal of the season. Um, and then Pedro um, equalised on the stroke of half-time. Uh, it looks like this is going to be London derby based in Azerbaijan in the final, isn't it? I don't know, you know. So I didn't see the Chelsea game and I, I haven't really seen the highlights. As soon as it, as soon as soon I heard that Frankfurt had gone 1-0 off, I was like, oh, Jovic scored then. Um but they've got a few other players, haven't they? They've got um, Trap, is it, in goal? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I've probably done them a bit of a disservice because they beat, um, I'm sure it was, that, it was them, it was them that beat Inter at the San Siro mm-hmm. a couple of rounds or two ago. So maybe I've been a bit mean on them there. Yeah, I don't think it'll be an say, easy home leg, will it? Yeah, no, I don't think, I say Chelsea are, are so unpredictable at the moment as well. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, a, 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 an Arsenal-Chelsea um, final wouldn't be the, wouldn't be the worst thing because... Frankfurt, they're an unknown quantity, aren't they? I say, you say they they beat in Milan uh, and whatever, but I, I, that's the thing. You could go either way, isn't it? it? Depends which Chelsea turn up. You know, I think they left Hazard on the bench for the. You, you know, he didn't start the game as well, which is a bit strange. Yeah, they were at home to Watford um, at the weekend, and then oh, they're obviously saving him for that, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, you sort of say that, but I'll be worried that they're two points ahead of you and then three points ahead of Manchester United, although the goal difference is a lot better. So, I mean, they're only two points behind Spurs, aren't they, who are on a bit of an iffy run. So, if they win this weekend... Does it 
Sorry, you know, we... yeah, no, I think I think I, I think Chelsea are pretty much the opposite of what I said a few weeks ago due to the way forms gone with, with <laughs> clubs like I say Arsenal. Um, I think Chelsea are pretty much a shoe a, sh- a shoe in for the top four, really. Uh, but Spurs might be in danger of dropping out. Uh, I, I'm not totally convinced Arsenal finish in the top four. Um, Dave, Chelsea have drawn the drawn the last two and lost the one before that. So only two wins in five. So mm. it's like nobody wants to be fourth, isn't it? That's that, that is. It's 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 really weird. We won a great one, then we lose three games in a row. I think the thing is, I mean, what you could say in fairness to yourselves, Spurs and um, Chelsea, is you're very deep into European competition. So your players yeah. coming on the back of a World Cup last summer must be absolutely bollocks. Um, yeah. So maybe you could sort of say in fairness to that, but. Um, yeah, like you say, I was probably a bit harsh on Frankfurt then because it's not a gimme, is it? It's no, I don't think. And I say, it's the way Surrey wrote. I say, I say, he didn't start Hazard in no. a European semi-final. Like, I don't care. I don't care who you're playing, even if you put him out for the first half. You know, he, he's a game changer. Okay, maybe he thinks I can bring him on in the second half. You know, and get something out of it. Mm. But Frankfurt have got the hottest striker in Europe at the moment. Mm. You know, and Chelsea have got a defence and a goalkeeper who don't like being attacked in any way. So what happens? If, you know, Jovic has a great start. You three 0 down at half time. Oh, let's bring on, let's bring on our best player who probably should have started now. You know, I, I don't see the sense in it personally. I think it's going to be a good atmosphere next week. Uh, I, not really because of the Chelsea fans. I imagine they got their plastic flags, but I think the Frankfurt fans <laughs> are going to take a fair few along, aren't they? And they're going to make. Oh a bit yeah, of noise. yeah. That, that, Again, that might do for them in their favour as well. Uh, that, that's it. And I say they're an unknown quantity. You know, who at the beginning of the season would have picked Eintracht Frankfurt to be in the semi-finals no. and stuff like that? So I imagine they're one of the clubs that scouting reports have been hastily done on now. You know, because obviously at the beginning of the season, when you get when you get out the knockout stages, you must start looking at other clubs that you could possibly face. Yeah. But I don't think anyone would have done the would have would have looked to them and thought we better go and get an in depth analysis on them because we could <laughs> face them. They're they're looking at your Inter Milan's and, and, and the like and stuff, but you know. It's I imagine Ajax are pretty much the same. I don't think anyone would have expected Ajax to go so deep in the competition. Bear in mind they had to play Real Madrid and Juventus mm. to get where they are, so you know, they're, they're, that's why they're causing surprises. Because to be fair, as it was proven by Spurs with the, the Ajax game to go back to it, once they changed their shape, they knew how to deal with them. Yeah. Which which obviously proves they haven't looked at looked at them that much because Ajax have played the same way throughout the competition. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um. So, what else we got? A bit some bobs of news going on. He can see us had a heart attack this week. As a 41 year old man who doesn't do an awful lot of exercise, when you see a man in his late 30s who's a professional athlete have a heart attack it makes you question your own lifestyle doesn't it oh god yeah he's younger than me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm playing football I'm like oh god he's a prime athlete you know yeah he's, you know yeah he's scary is he alright now because he was stable last I heard but yeah he's I think a picture on social media of him sort of like with a Paul McCartney thumbs up as he sat in bed um, oh okay yeah so yeah. thankfully he, he appears to be okay I always thought he looked a little bit, little bit like Joaquin Phoenix do you remember really? <laughs> yeah, he's got the same hair, I suppose. <laughs> uh, do, you think this is, do you think this is in retiring now? I'd like to think so, really. Um, yes and no. It probably will do. It's a shame because to have to retire in these circumstances. Um, but yeah, it could be. Speaking of, say he's, he's 37 though. Yeah, he? speaking of Liverpool, we didn't really mention Aaron Ramsey, does he? He's played his last game for you boys. Yeah, last game for us. It's a shame to see him go out injured Yeah, uh, and stuff. But I suppose it, it lessens the blow. I suppose because he's been quite good for us this season. Mm. 
as he has been for like a, a number of years now. But you know, imagine if he goes out and gets a man of the match on his last game or scores the winner in the Europa League final, <laughs> then you 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 men at your AF for for for, for TV or whatever uh, start ranting how he's the best signing we've ever made and we shouldn't have been letting go of free. Mister DT wouldn't be happy. Oh fucking yeah! So so yeah, him being injured and you know going out, goodwill of the Arsenal fans, but him not being in the team for the last few weeks kind of lessen yeah lessens the impact for me. But he'd be missed. He's been a very good player. I do really like Rambo, and I was like when we signed him all those years ago. I was I was glad that we beat a lot of clubs to get him. But I think he'll do well in Italy. I think it'll suit his game, but. We'll see. Like it's quite that's quite a midfield he's got to get into, hasn't it? Did he say he was never ever going to sign for a British team? Because I imagine he would have done very well in the Manchester United midfield. Yeah, Man United love him, and I think Liverpool were big big suitors for him because it was yeah. rumored it was rumored last season that Liverpool would go in for him. But I don't know. Maybe he just wants to try something different, and he? he, he's run the Premier. Well, I won't say run the Premier League. He's, he's, I, he's, I wouldn't go as far to say he's one of the best Premier League midfielders ever because mm. uh, he does have games where he's anonymous and stuff like that. But I think Wenger didn't help. Wenger played him out of position a lot and stuff like that because he was Wenger's boy and, and stuff like that. And I think, out, uh, thanks to Ryan Shawcross as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's it. And I, but I, I said on, on on the Sunday show a few times because of the way he was with Wenger, I think he he's, he's worth built up. Mm. Um, so that's why he, f- he thinks he was worth 350 grand a week and um, even with Sanchez on stupid money and Ertz on stupid money he's not worth that much but Wenger made him feel like a vital part- cog in the machine yeah. so obviously he's then thinking well if I'm a vital cog in the machine why aren't you paying me as much and I think he was never no no English club is paying him 350 grand a week to be fair I don't even think Juventus are paying him what he actually wanted from Arsenal but obviously, there's other perks of going to live in Italy and stuff like that. And playing with like the likes of Ronaldo and that, like, it, it, it's hard to say no. Is there a player in the Premier League who players would say, I want to play with him? What, the one who play with Aaron Ramsey? No, the Aaron Ramsey. The, so you're a Premier League player, oh, right? Right, I want Aaron and Ramsey to play with me. Yeah, and, and no, but you, so you're Aaron Ramsey, yeah. and you're thinking, right, I've got my pick of all these clubs I want to go to. Yeah. Um, is there a player at a Premier League club present that you think I would love to play with him? Uh, yeah, I mean. James Milner. Oh, of course. Of <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. Uh, maybe he'll end up at Juventus. He's out of contract. Isn't oh, he? could you imagine? Um, <laughs> but like to think, oh, I could, you know, I could as a midfielder and attacking midfielder, I could go to Juventus and I could be pulling the strings for Ronaldo and Dybala next yeah. season. You know that they're brilliant <clears throat> at what they do. It will only make him look better. Apart from Man City with like a Guerrero and that lot, like, I don't I don't think there's a team that offers him that opportunity. So he'll look better just by the players around him. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of players retiring, both John O'Shea and Xavi Hernandez announced their retirements this week. Um, who has made the biggest cultural impact on football? John O'Shea is there, isn't it? <laughs> John O'Shea. He was Mr. Dream Team. If you ever did like the Sun Dream Team yeah. back in the days, because he always used to come on in the 90th minute as a sort. He got he, you get the clean sheet points for him. Yeah, not only that, um, <laughs> Championship Manager 2000-2001, you could get him as a loan player for a season because he was still breaking through at Manchester United and he would be fantastic. Yeah, there you go. Super John O'Shea. Where is he? Is he still at Sunderland? I think he is, yeah. Because so, I, I can't... I know he was at Sunderland. Or oh, did I see him in a Reading shirt recently? Oh, I don't I think, remember. I think he's still at Sunderland. I think, you know, he's he's sort of one of the last throwbacks to the sort of the Ronnie Walwork era, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, him and Wes Brown in it. Wes Brown, but yeah, yeah. Michael Appleton, well, people like yeah. that. Yeah, 
Mark Appleton he's just gone back to West Brom weirdly you know coaching party I'm sure West Brom popped up on my Instagram for something recently I can't remember what it was oh, did but yeah, yeah no he, yeah it's, it's the end of the dying breed though isn't it yeah uh, James McLean had his birthday this week. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, he got a lovely birthday card. I'm glad he got it. I, no, I'm, I did not. I'm not associated with that <laughs> in any way. Oh, it was disgusting. That was wasn't horrific, it? wasn't it? Absolutely was that sent to the club or was that sent to him? I don't know. I just saw it on his Instagram. Like, I don't follow him, but I, I saw him. I saw it obviously because it blew up on social media. Yeah. And stuff. But I, I don't care what he what he has done. He has not done anything as bad to deserve that. Now, if Tommy Robinson had got that card. Fucking, I'd wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with it. But, Jane, yeah, okay, he, he, he's somebody that rubs people up the wrong way, but, yeah, there's no excuse. For I really absolutely like dis- Yeah, he, he stands up for his beliefs, doesn't he? You yeah. know, and, you know, okay, I might not agree with his beliefs or whatever, whether I do or I don't, but I admire his his, his passion and his, uh, his openness to speak out against things. Yeah, that is very good. That milkshake getting thrown over Tommy Robinson was great, wasn't it? I'll pay for milkshakes if you throw them over to me. Bolton. Bolton Wanderers. Poor Bolton Wanderers. Right. Uh, Lawrence Bassini, uh, his attempts to win the club apparently have failed. Um, Bolton have claimed that the deal is off. He claims that he owns them. Uh, the Bolton players have still haven't been played for March and April. And I think it's been decided today that um, their match against Nottingham Forest that weekend is going ahead. Their game against Brentford that was postponed due to the players not willing to play, it won't go ahead, and Brentford have been awarded a 1-0 win. So they won't play their penultimate game after their last mm-hmm. game of the season next week. Not a very nice situation for anybody. Um, BFA have loaned Bolton some money, which if you think about the salary that... Uh, or loaned the players some money, which if you think about the salary Peter uh, Gordon Taylor is on, is um, <laughs> the fact they haven't loaned him all the money is probably a bit crap. <laughs> It can't be fun being a Bolton player, Bolton member of staff. I mean, even like the tea lady or something like that. It's, it's over the, where the pay's not been played. They probably had a decent salary as it is. They might be okay. You, but, you know, they are owed those wages. But it's people further down the, the pecking order at Bolton you have to feel for as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird situation considering you'd think they were a Premier League club not that long mm. ago. Obviously, the money's a little different now, but still, there was a lot of money going into the league. Um, and I know there's, there's teams like you, like your West Broms who have, basically done really well from being promoted and relegated promoted and relegated um but Bolton had a few good seasons and and yes they you know they had some big players there but I, I don't think you could ever accuse them of overspending either so it, it's strange to see them in this situation you know that you know they're not like a Portsmouth mm. who you know were throwing money around at one point I, I don't think Bolton were you know guilty of that obviously they've had to pay Sam Adelaide's Prosecco and Pie Bill um, which was probably quite expensive um but yeah, I just don't know what's happened there. And then the the whole deal with Bassini, apparently Bassini, he was at Watford at one stage and he was a bit dodgy at Watford. Mm. Um, so a few, I, I remember seeing a few Watford fans on Twitter saying, oh, Bolton fans don't think this is the end of your problems. And then he, he just doesn't seem to... But he, he was asked to prove his income, wasn't he, to That's get right. through the, the, the tests and stuff to buy the club. You know, and he's, he's on Sky Sports News with the shirt of his name on the back. And all that, oh, saying, you know, I'm going to save the club. And then, yeah, it's because he was cut every time something happened after it was announced he was involved in the club. He'd pop up on Sky Sports News and he had this Bolton shirt that he was waving around with his name on the back. And he's like, I'm going to save the club. We're going to do everything we can and whatever. And then they've gone, oh, OK, prove you've got the money to do this. And he's gone, oh, give me 48 hours. And then literally ignored the calls by the sound of it. Yeah. <coughs> Be well of self-publicising charlatans like that. Do you remember yeah. Michael Knighton when he turned up at Manchester United? 
Is it? Yeah, this is the guy they parade on the pitch and everything, didn't they? Yeah. They're like, yeah, this is our new owner. He's got not a penny to his name. People like that. Yeah, it's, it's all publicity and nothing behind it, is it? Um, well, he, he, he's sorry. He's oh. he's come out and said that he was worried that the club would go into administrate uh, would be deducted points next season for going well for starting administration proceedings, and because he's come out apparently he's come out and said that this is one of the things that has, has caused him to delay. Uh, because the football league wouldn't, uh, the EFL wouldn't come out and say uh, whether that would happen or not, and obviously that would impact Bolton next season and stuff like that. But if he's talking, he knew they were in that position before he agreed to go in, yeah, and, and stuff like that. So, but it is because it is likely. I think they've come out and said it's more than likely now that Bolton could actually go out of business. Which is bad, because, I mean, they've been around for an awful long yeah. time, haven't they? I mean, it's bad when any club goes out of business, yeah. irrespective of how long they've been around. But, I mean, this could happen to anyone mm-hmm. with one bad owner. I mean, Liverpool nearly ended up in administration under Jicks, uh, Hicks and Gillette. So, it could yeah, happen to yeah, anybody. And without being horrible, or, okay, I know we've seen other clubs spring up, you know, when clubs go out of business. But with Bolton being where they are, surrounded by other clubs, yeah. do fans then, I know... Fans aren't fickle enough to say, "Okay, I'm a Burnley fan" or, or whatever. Now, um, but does a club, but you know, spring out of the ashes of Bolton and, and you know do like an AFC Wimbledon or or whatever, or does the club just go and the fans eventually over over a couple of years get absorbed into other clubs in the area? But you've seen FC United in Manchester; they started well, didn't they? And they're not sort of yeah it's not a thing anymore they're not, like, well, you're not, yeah they're not but they're still around but yeah you know you just don't hear about them anymore yeah you want to talk about peter check yeah peter check um so we mentioned him earlier on he's releasing a charity record uh with roger taylor from queen so apparently peter check is a keen drummer i did not know this mm-hmm. um i wonder if he wears that silly fucking hat when he's drumming um apparently he's also got a, <laughs> he's, he's got a youtube channel i've also discovered today so i can probably find out where he just drums uh but yeah he's releasing a song called i think it's called this this is football let me get it back up again uh so that's football. It will be released next week to mark his retirement after more than 700 games for uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Wren and Sparta Prague. Uh, and apparently he met Peter Taylor on a segment in Football Focus. Roger Taylor, not Peter yeah. Taylor, uh, in 2013. They became friends and now they're going to release a record. Who's doing the singing? Has <laughs> I don't know. It, the, unfortunately, there is no video um, about the music so but yeah it's in uh, in support of the uh, willow foundation is it mm-hmm. uh, i do like his confidence though because he tweet to announce this he tweeted uh, watch out ed sheer and storms in others there's a new artist in town i'm not being funny but i went to the toilet yesterday and i made noises better than ed sheeran <laughs> is it just going to be two men drumming for three minutes is that all it's going to be I don't know. so it says to mark my retirement the legend uh the legendary roger taylor and myself thought it would be fun to do a song to raise money for the wonderful willow foundation out next week on virgin record that's football he does use a lot of laughing face emojis is he in this uh, so i don't know how serious he's taking it but it's a charity in it so you, you know you've got to get behind it either way players that use emojis you can i think you can tell they're the players that actually use their instagram account rather than some oh yeah, media yeah, yeah, yeah person um right let's talk about some games in europe coming this weekend because there's still a few things to be decided uh in spain barcelona won the league but if we look at the champions league paces getafe uh, are in fourth place on 55 points, then Seville on 55, and Valencia on 52. So it's, it's a little sort of bun fight for that. Um, Seville play Leganes, uh, Getafe play Majorona, who are fourth bottom, and then bottom Huesca play Valencia. So that's 
all up in the air at the moment as well. And as are the Champions League places in Italy. Um, you've got Atlanta in fourth place in the last Champions League spot on 59 points. Uh, and then you've got Roma in fifth place on 58. Torino on 56 points in sixth. And it's actually at the moment, it's the Turin derby. Juventus playing Torino. Uh, you've got Lazio, Atalanta, Genoa, Roma and Milan-Bologna this weekend. So, again, it's quite, the sort of top teams have sort of pulled away, like your Juventuses and your Barcelonas, but there's still, there's still plenty of things to play for, isn't there? Um, yeah, it sounds nice to hear some of the smaller clubs uh, in there, like your Getafe's yeah. and your Atalanta's fighting for, for European competition. Obviously, these are teams that all are going to come and beat Arsenal in the Europa League next season. <laughs> um, but it, it's nice to see that you know the, the little teams are... are, are well, it's just, the little team sounds patronising. Irregular teams, teams. ones you don't yeah, regularly but, hear from. Yeah, do, do, doing really well, yeah. I was good to about 10 years ago when you lot beat Udinese in the Champions League playoff because I was loving to see... I was really excited to see Di Natale in the, um, in the Champions League, but you beat them. Oh, what a shame. That's what what a shame. Sanchez, I think that's when Sanchez still played for Udinese. Yeah, I think it would have been. I think it was his last season, I think, because um, they, they, so they'd had a good season the season before so to get into the Champions League qualifiers. Mm. Uh, and I think he had he followed up and then he was like highly sought after, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he went to Barca and made everybody angry. And then he went to Arsenal and made everybody angry. And made everybody angry and then went to Man United <laughs> and made everyone angry. It's great, isn't it? He's got a nice, he's got a nice pair of dogs, though. Yeah, and uh, Germany, Bayern are top on um, 71 points, two points ahead of Dortmund. So it's Bremen versus Dortmund this weekend and Bayern versus Hanover. Um, France, because the only top three teams go through to the Champions Leagues in France. So you've got Lyon on 60 points in third and Saint-Étienne on 59 points. Uh, and Turkey, three teams are within three points of the lead. So Istanbul, Besiktasir are top on 62 points. Then it's Galatasaray 60 in the last European spot, and then Besiktas on 59. It's Galatasaray versus Besiktas, so second versus third this weekend. Who were the team on top? I've never heard of them. Istanbul, Besiktasir. Um, added by your... I was going to say, are these, are, are these one of the teams that have got a bit of money, and then, yeah, you see random Europe, players from Europe just rocking up at a Turkish airport, surrounded by thousands of people? Yeah, added by your play. Ah, I don't okay. know if he still does. And then Emre, who used to play for Newcastle and was a horrible racist to Didier Zakori. Did you ever see that clip? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that clip where he called him a, the N-word? Yes, yes, yes. And then the retribution when they played a few months later? Yes, okay. That was great. Playing uh, Turkey makes sense. <laughs> Championship last weekend of the championship. You're sorry, this, Ross. Just... Sorry, Ross. Yeah, sorry, Ross. Only because Ross makes me. It's it's part of my contract that well, I have to watch lower league football. All I'm going to watch, talk about is Derby, Middlesbrough, and Bristol City. So Derby in the last playoff place on 71 points, a point ahead of Borough and two points ahead of Bristol City. So Derby are playing West Brom, relegated Rotherham are playing Middlesbrough, and Hull are playing Bristol City. Now that was the, the um, Dean Windass volleying it final which got Hull promoted about 10 years ago if you remember that when they first I'm just disappointed you're not calling them by their full name of Frank Lampard's Derby County Frank... <laughs> um, all I care about in this race is that I don't want Tony Pulis to be managing the Premier League sorry Middlesbrough fans I actually quite like Middlesbrough but I cannot stand Tony Pulis no I know you're right I think you're absolutely right and like... I think for the I think for the comedy value I want to see Leeds play Derby in the playoffs well, Leeds versus yeah, Leeds versus Derby in the playoffs, and then Leeds versus Villa in the final. In the final, yeah, I said this to Ross; he was not happy. Because he hates um, yeah, Villa more than yeah, anyone else it, in the world. It, it, uh, if Leeds beat them both, it would be the ultimate shit house, wouldn't it? <laughs> be great. That would be good, wouldn't it? Uh, right, League One. Uh, the bottom of League One is where it's at. So, 
Uh, going up from the bottom, relegated Bradford on 24 points. Then you've got Scunthorpe, Walsall and Plymouth who occupy the last relegation place. Um, behind on goal difference from Southend, both on 47 points and Wimbledon on 49. So um, Portsmouth play Scunthorpe and Bradford play Wimbledon and Southend play Sunderland. Um, oh, Portsmouth, Plymouth, sorry. Plymouth play Scunthorpe. So that's bottom versus fourth bottom. So that's, that's quite an important game, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I say I thought Wimbledon had done an, an, enough to get out of it because I, like, I follow a few of the football manager lads on uh, on Twitter, mm. and they obviously they they sponsor Wimbledon, so they tweet. That's the only reason I know anything about this. Uh, and obviously, living in the Midlands, uh, there's you know Warsaw pop up on the news every now and again. Um, but it's weird hearing clubs like Bradford and you know yeah. and that lot down there, and but they've been down there a while now, hasn't it? But, Again, I, I remember Benito Carboni and that lot playing for them in the Premier League. You know, they beat Liverpool to stay in the Premier League. I still find it weird seeing Oldham down in like League Two because I remember when they were a Premier League club. Like yeah, Andy, Andy Ritchie and all that. Yeah, yeah. it is really weird, isn't it? I remember Mark Hughes <laughs> scoring it against um, against them in the FA Cup uh, at Boundary Park, and that was a big Premier. Well, it was an FA Cup game, but it was a big like Premier League Man, uh, Northern like Greater Manchester derby. And that now, was yeah. the semi final at Wembley, wasn't it? Where he scored in the last minute, but that sort of volley returned over his head. Yeah, yeah, and and like yeah, now all of them are like forgotten about Paul Scholes spending like twenty days managing them, and and that's about all you hear about them. Oh, Jose's had a little pop this week at him and Neville. Oh, what a surprise! What a surprise! <laughs> Mark Hughes is a hell of a player. I hate players that were really good and turn into total bellends and then become managers. That's most of most of them, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was such a good player, and I get really disappointed when he just he's a complete tool on the end of match of the day. <laughs> he just moans about the referee or something. Um, right, League Two. It's I've got three sections here for League League Two. If you're ready, uh, okay. So bottom of League Two is probably the most important place. Yeovil are already down. Um, next relegation place is Notts County on 41 points, and then Macclesfield Town just out a bit on 43. Um, so Macclesfield are playing Cambridge, and Scott Swindon are playing Notts County. Uh, I want Sol Campbell to stay up. But Notts County are also the oldest team in the world. Yeah, so I quite like them to stay up as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult, this. isn't it? Um, yeah. Sol Campbell being at Macclesfield is, is weird enough, but I think, in a way, if Macclesfield go down, I don't think Sol Campbell walks away because he's... Oh, what's the way to, what's a nice way to put this? There isn't as much as I love Sol Campbell. He's got a bit of a stick up his ass, so I think he would enjoy the project of bringing them back up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And plus, he's very much in a position where he feels that no one else would take him on because obviously there's a whole deal with the whole thing at Oxford uh, and stuff like that so I think he, he might understand the, the position he's in where as long as they don't want to get rid of him mm. uh, where where he, he's got a chance to rebuild the club and you know and build himself uh, a profile doing it so it, it could be good from that side of view because if they stay up they fight relegation again next season it doesn't do his career any good really unless he you know rattles them up to the other end of the table but you know I don't I don't know I don't know enough about Maxfield to know if they're capable of doing that um, so and then yeah plus Knox County get to stay up but again Knox County might be the oldest club in the world but they are a shambles of a club now I think where they were this time last year when they were in the playoffs yeah isn't Luke Chagwick still playing for them as well I thought he was at Cambridge wasn't he and Jonathan is there and... I know they've got a few old like familiar names and stuff because Alan Smith was there yeah and stuff uh, like that. I think, as I Google Luke Chadwick, I think Sol Campbell's stock is quite high at the moment. So what he does next is obviously quite sort of important because if he stays with Macclesfield and it goes a bit tits up with him, it's like Kevin Nolan last year. He stayed, you know, he stayed with Notts County this season. And he went yeah, he went by yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if he leaves now, he, he, he sort of he stops quite high, isn't it? Yeah, I, suppose, 
that's the thing. It, it wouldn't be a bad thing if he if he did walk away, um, but I think he'd only walk away if he had an inkling of moving on to something else. Yeah, and stuff like. That. Luke Chadwick is um, retired. Out there. Luke Chadwick is okay. Retired. Only about what? Ten, only about ten years too late. Manchester United and then Royal Antwerp loan, Reading loan, Burnley loan, West Ham. Stoke loan, Stoke permanent signing, Norwich City loan, Norwich City permanent signing, MK Dons loan, MK Dons permanent signing, Cambridge United loan, Cambridge United permanent signing, then Soham Town Rangers. <laughs> Soham Town Rangers, wow. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, uh, for the battle for the automatic playoffs is really interesting actually because you've got um, second is Burnley on 17 points, Mansfield then in the last automatic You say place, Burnley? Very sorry. I, I, was Rick... say, I know Burnley have not had a great time this season, but to drop down three divisions... I've even written Berry here, I don't know why. I'm sure I'm watching Burnley be beaten by Everton <laughs> right now as well. Uh, Berry in second on 78 points, they're playing Port Vale this weekend. Uh, Mansfield in third place on in the last automatic spot on 76, ahead on goal difference of MK Dons in the last player's place, and they play each other this weekend, MK Dons versus Mansfield. Okay. Um, it would be horrific if MK Dons went up and... Um, I don't have a problem with NK Doms. Well, you were didn't you? <laughs> oh, over a hundred years ago. <laughs> I know I'm old, but Woolwich Arsenal. Yeah, I don't. I generally don't have a problem with NK Doms. Obviously, it it it's it, it's it's horrible, like that for the fans and everything that happened. And I'm glad that you know, as they're not AFC Wimbledon. Are they still AFC Wimbledon? Or are they just yeah. Wimbledon now? I'm I'm, I'm never sure. I, I don't. I don't officially know who has the history for that club because Wimbledon. AFC. Okay, yeah, because they I remember when they won like match of the day like in the FA Cup, it was like, Oh, they've got the history of the FA Cup. I said, like, Well technically they don't because that was MK Dons. Sorry to any like Wimbledon fans listening, but better being pedantic, that is how it works. Um But yeah yes it's it, it's shitty and stuff, but I, I understand why it happened and stuff like that. And that they've MK Dons they've got a good setup. You know yeah. what I mean? Their stadium's amazing. Absolutely amazing and stuff like that. Um, so you want to kind of see them do well for that point of view. You know, they're introducing football to a new region. You know, Milton Keynes is boring as fuck, isn't it? You know, so having something <laughs> exciting there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, you know, but yeah, obviously it just, it, it it seems to be picking up from a football point of view there. Like the fans seem to be, pick, you know, getting on board and, and, you know, so them getting promoted will only make it, it better. But, you know, I understand the gripes, but, you know, you want to see teams come along and do well. Do you reckon there's a thing where people feel they have to be outraged by MK Dons? Because yes. it's, it's what, it's like 16, yes. 17 years ago now? Yeah, it, it, it's a long time ago and it's not bought up by everybody now like it used to be, mm. which is, I suppose is good. But yeah, I do, I do feel it. It's not fashionable, obviously, because, again, it was a long time ago. But, yeah, people do have to have that outrage to, towards them. Like, I think people around here in the Midlands, it's weird. There's, like, there's like a massive outrage towards Coventry City. Is there? Cause of everything that's, yeah, because of everything that's going on to that with, with like, the, the Rico and, and all that. It's like, oh, yeah, Coventry City. So, well, these people don't know the slightest thing about Coventry City. They couldn't, they couldn't remember what ground they used to play at and stuff like that. It's... Just because there's like that that media negativity, I yeah. The Coventry City thing place. here, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It was bad. typical. <laughs> I I spent Boxing Day there when I was about oh god, when was it? It's about seventeen, eighteen, I think. And I watched Robbie Keane score score twice past us in the pissing <laughs> down rain. It was horrible with no roof on the way end. No, that's horrible. right. 
horrible. It was a horrible ground, but it was like it was a, like a proper olden days ground, wasn't it? I've stood in that away end when it's raining, and it's not yes. fun at all, is it? Disgusting. And it was one of them where if you were at the front, it was lower than the pitch. Yeah. Like like it, like it's uh, the Dell used to be. I always found that weird at away grounds. Oh, the handily, I could get there within twenty minutes from where I live with my mum and dad, so it was it was pretty decent in that respect. Oh, okay. It wasn't the greatest places to park your car either, was it? Yeah, God, it was horrible. I didn't have to park, thank God, because I was that young. But yeah, it was, I, was, I thought, yeah, I'll go to the away game at, uh, on, on Boxing Day. I can get there from Wolverhampton quite easily. And yeah, yeah I was pissed down rain. At least we'll be under... Oh, there's no roof. Uh, this is fantastic. And, and yeah, and then we got absolutely battered. We're going to go into Midlands football again, aren't we? So we better... Possibly, yeah. Start talking about Andy Much and Steve Bull up front. They were great. <laughs> uh, right, in the Premier League. So Everton are playing Burnley at the moment, you say. Who's, what's the score? Uh, Everton are 2-0 up. They scored two goals in quick succession. Who scored? Uh, Rick Charlison. I think officially it'll be an own goal because it came off Ben Mee. Uh, not that I'm paying more attention to this than anything. I've actually got Sky Sports opening from it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Seamus Coleman scored. Scored Basically, keep uh, ball rebounds out and Seamus Coleman just happens to be waiting in the six-yard box to head it in. It was a bit like Messi where he hit the crossbar and sort of he was there to chest it in, that sort of thing. Yeah, basically. A lot of Vardy did to Arsenal last week as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, Huddersfield versus Manchester United. This is the Dennis Law derby. Um, Dennis, would you like to hear a Dennis Law fact? Go for it. Dennis Bergkamp, Arsenal legend. And oh, Beavis... he's named after him, isn't he? Yeah, it? and Beavis Lookalike was named after him. But do you know why Dennis Bergkamp has got two Beavis Lookalike? I'm not, listen, I'm not having Beavis Lookalike. Oh, leave, leave the Iceman alone. He does. Do I know why he's got what? Sorry. He refused my little sister an autograph once. He's an absolute cunt. He's a, he's a very busy man. I've never said that word on, that pod, on this podcast before. It came off the bus. Like me and my sister, she's an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. She we queued for two hours at Leicester City, and he got. She's wearing a Burkamp T-shirt, and he got off the bus. No autographs. No autographs. He walked. <laughs> That's a through, remarkable impression. <laughs> straight through the other side. Well, hang on, we've been waiting here two hours. You absolute sod. Uh, so she got Nigel Winterburns, Lee Dixon's, and Ian Wrights instead. Oh, you got a better deal. You got Ian Wright's autograph. Yeah, as much as I love him. She, she had his Burkamp T-shirt on, so he's been should, dead you should, to me. You should, you, should, you should write to him. Oh, no, I wouldn't wish my postage stamp on him now. Um, Dennis Bergkamp's got two ends because Dennis Law has only got one in, um, oh. and that's what his parents wanted to do. Um, but the Dutch authorities said that sounds too much or looks too much like Denise, which is a girl's name, so they made him have two ends. Okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's a wicked fact. I never knew that. I knew he was named after Dennis Law. I didn't know he, the, the, the Dutch authorities made him have two, <laughs> two ends. I'm going to apologise for my C words. I shouldn't have said that. That's... Very it's because I'm on the show. It's because I'm I'm obviously the resident potty mode. Yeah, uh, just brings it out in you. That's what it is. Huddersfield eight straight defeats. Manchester United zero wins in three. It's Huddersfield don't score in this game. They'll be the first ever top flight team to register single figures for a goal of the goals at home in a season. That's it? it was it eight nine or something like no that's it. It was eight until last week when they scored one and got nine. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's appalling. Imagine imagine being a Huddersfield fan. Imagine it. I can't see this stopping next season, though, because once you get into this sort of rut... I mean, do you remember when Wolves went all the way down to the fourth division? Yeah. In the 80s? Yeah, yeah. Well, they went down to League One a few years ago, didn't they, as well? Yeah. Uh, but that Huddersfield that just, that team's so poor. We, I think we said this on the Sunday show. I think the same with Fulham as well. Like, Fulham, all those players are going to leave. Yeah. They're, they're all going to end up signing for Norwich next season. And... <laughs> um, and, and Fulham are going to have to start again. Um, but yeah, that was, it, they're so poor. But you know they've got a new manager in. But he's so falling he out can... with people by the sounds of it. He's falling out with Yeah, players. but he can get rid of them, can't he? He can send them back to the, the 
Belgian second division or wherever it, most yeah. of them came from and it's... stuff and, you know, and set up his own ideas but yeah I don't think we're going to see them back in the Premier League anytime soon no and Sunderland of course went straight out the other end last season didn't they so it's yeah. it's easily done um, Manchester United have, have not won uh, their last away Premier League fixture of the season since 2011-12 season that's a shame isn't it yeah. I remember I remember the 5 all with West Brom that was, yeah. an, that was a finger but uh, they, they're going to beat Huddersfield, aren't they? That'd be hilarious if they didn't. Oh, no. oh, season, oh, that... that was the one 0 win at Sunderland. That was the Aguero weekend, wasn't it? Oh really? Yeah, it must have been oh, the twelve. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They could they're they're going to beat Huddersfield. Like I reckon, I could get a team of lads together to give Huddersfield a good game out of them. Yeah, they're, they're so, they are so poor, Huddersfield. Like they are. Apart from Brighton, I think they're probably the that they are. Yeah, they are the, the worst team in the Premier League this season. And I don't think Brighton are that far behind them. So if we got five Huddersfield players and your mates from five aside last night together, yeah, you reckon you beat them? We'll give them a room for money. Uh, yeah, without Aaron Moy, because Aaron Moy's all right. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think so. Challenge, I, let's, let's, make that, let's make that happen. Yeah, come on, Huddersfield. Yeah, come on, have make, a go make and that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Right, we've got Cardiff versus Crystal Palace. This is the um, Jordan Much derby. Um, I doubt Shanoi will be impressed, wow. though. Oh, I knew, I knew it. As soon as you said, you said it. I love that and, joke. Any excuse. Oh, you did that last time I was on as well. Oh, wow. This is the oldest managerial um, tete a tete in Premier League history 70 year old Neil Warnock versus 71 year old um, Roy Hodgson. Neil Warnock's former club as well, isn't it? He's managed Palace, yeah, hasn't he? He did it right there, didn't he? Did he get them promoted I, or something? I just hate Neil Warnock, I like to be Warnock. fair. What? I like him. He's I'm just... disconnecting this call <laughs> right now. It's wow. just so... Um... <sighs> He's a man with a code and he stands by it. Oh, have you heard him today moaning about the FA calling them out of order? I saw something. What was that? So, you know, you know he's been fined 20 grand for yeah. free, free breaches of some rule for abusing referees yeah. basically um well he um he's then come out and said i think it of order that the fa were allowed to have three or four weeks to investigate me and bring in an independent barrister to prove why i'm guilty so well that's their disciplinary panel that's how it works he's like, it's out of order. apparently his wife is having to pay half the fine because apparently he the some of the comments he made which I think he turned around and said something along the lines of if I'd have thumped the referee in the face my wife would have approved. Oh yeah, she said why didn't you hit him or something yeah, like that. Yes, yeah. that's like that. So he's making her pay half the fine. Oh good lad. There you go. <laughs> Proper column that is. Um this is, I mean, a Cardiff in the last chance saloon or have they sort of got pissed and been thrown out of the last chance saloon? I think only because Brighton have been a bit shit. Um I think they're still favourites to go down, aren't they, Cardiff? They're four points behind um, behind Bright. Of course, yeah. Crystal Palace is big um, rivals, aren't they? Oh God, yeah, yeah. That weird uh, train derby because it's they're on the same train line or something. Yeah. So. so you think if Crystal Palace turn up with like sort of Andy Johnson and Nigel Martin, <laughs> that you sort of know they're throwing this. <laughs> yeah, a uh, Cardiff at home though. Yes. So Palace are great away. Yeah, they are. That's right. That's the that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and after seeing Cardiff last weekend, where Cardiff had to at least put in an effort to save their chances to stay in the Premier League, and they didn't turn up until they went one 0 down with eleven minutes to go, I don't rate their chances to be there. I think Wilfried Zahar is is 
rubbing his hands together at the thought of running at that back line and falling over 12 yard goal <laughs> I think it was it's hard for Cardiff because they've played 35 games or 34 games on their back foot and then they've got to go to, Sun- to Fulham all of a sudden and play on the front foot and it's like a complete sea change for how they're supposed to play and it's very, yeah. it must be very bizarre for them but yeah you're right Palace have got um, the most amount of away points in the Premier League this calendar year after Manchester City so um, so you're right yeah um, Manchester City versus Leicester in the Danny Tieto derby uh, Leicester I, I love these I love them so much he was a nutcase wasn't he Danny Tieto I just remember the name. He sounds like an MMA fighter, to be fair, but I do remember the name. I can't picture him, though. He was this little angry, bold fella, the Australian guy that used to just go around just chopping people in half. It was like him and Danny Muscat. Uh, uh, Muscat Kevin Muscat was... When you said angry Australian fella, <laughs> Kevin Muscat instantly came to mind. Well, now you've got BT Sport, you can see Kevin Muscat because he's the manager of Melbourne Victory. He's like an angry oh, manager now. I knew, I knew you were going to mention the A-League. Oh, <laughs> Ryan, come back. Have you seen it yet? No, because I can never find it on BT Sport. It'll be on tomorrow morning. But I tried that the other morning when you said, and it, it, there was nothing there. Are oh, you so... the Steve Corica? Oh, God, another X-Wolves player. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, OK, Leicester City had three points behind seventh place. Wolves. And Leicester, I've got um, something to play for here. They're, they're sort of looking for... Uh, their place in the Everton Cup. I don't quite think it's Agent Brendan, though. I don't think he left on the best of terms from Liverpool. Um, and Leicester City on Mondays in the Premier League have drawn three, lost eight, one zero. But Leicester are really good at the moment. No, I know they beat Arsenal last week, yeah. so I'm going to say that. But I've been reading. I said on the Sunday show, I've been quite impressed. As I hate Brendan Rodgers. I seem to hate everybody on this show. Um, <laughs> But uh, he's Mr. No Smug. He's a kindred spirit. Yeah, he is. He is Mr. Smug, isn't he? Uh, not Ross, Brendan Rogers. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I was really impressed with Leicester against us last week, and I've been impressed with them since he took over. To be fair, they've got, they've got a good Corey Young players. Um, I don't think they're going to cause Man City. Is it? They are playing Man City, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to cause Man City any problems. But I, I think, think no, Man City are amazing. Um, since Leicester got promoted in 2014-15 season, Jamie Vardy's got 31 goals against the current top six. That's the most by any player in that time. So, yeah, yeah. long ball over the top. Against eh? Arsenal. 29 of them against Arsenal, probably. <laughs> long ball over the top by Schmeichel. Yeah, um, like, I say like, exactly what happened against Arsenal last weekend. Allegri, you know. Allegri, did I say Arsenal? Allegri, a, a long ball over the top by Casper Schmeichel. Uh, just yeah. Over the top of a sort of uh, leggy Vincent company and... Vardy could yeah, win, couldn't he? Edison would smash into him and knock him unconscious. Do you think? Yeah, because Edison's a monster, isn't he? I think he'd enjoy that. He'd I think Edison. Him I think Edison would enjoy running, growling at fucking Jamie Vardy. See, I always thought Danny Alves looked a bit like Blanca from Street Fighter Two. Do you reckon Edison has <laughs> taken that? I need to spat my beer out. <laughs> Do you think Edison's wow. taken that role now? Oh, he's, he's like, it looks like a Bond villain, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. No, I think it'll be an interesting game because they are two of the two of the attacking teams in the Premier League. It'll but... be a good game to watch, won't it? Yeah, Matt, by then, Man City could need the win for the league, though. You Sorry, might. Chris. They could. <laughs> they could. Yeah. Uh, West Ham versus Southampton, the Lisbon Morty uh, derby. Um... <laughs> Stop! Where do you get these from? Google. You you have way too... I wish I had this much preparation time for the Sunday show. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I bet most of them are in sort of stuck in my imagination from somewhere, but um, neither of the last 15 meetings um, this fixture have played at West Ham when West Ham have been at home have ended in a draw. 
Uh, West Ham are so unpredictable, though, aren't they? Yeah. You, never, you never know which West Ham's going to turn off. It must be frustrating as anything to be a West Ham fan as well. I mean, Marco Inosovic is like some pound shot was Latin. Well, he left in January, doesn't he? If you, yeah. I've, seen, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen West Ham fans tweeting, oh, I'm so sorry uh, that uh, Arnautovic left in January because he, he was good as gone, hasn't he? Did you see Zlatan this week talking about Nida Vanua? Oh, is this when he said he was going to hurt him? Yeah, he was sort of chatting shit to him all game and Anua wasn't very happy, but you think that must happen all the while? Well, don't get me wrong, like, I, I, say, I play five-a-side football with a group of lads who I work with, and like, I'm a manager at work, and most of the people who I play with aren't, so I'm, 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 I have some kind of responsibility, but I shit-talk them all, all the time, but to tell someone that you're going to hurt them is a little bit much, and as I, I think as Anua turned around, he's, he, he's the face of the MLS, Yeah, you, you, you don't expect it, and, but okay, say it on the pitch and then whatever, but then he comes out in interviews and goes, "Yeah, they've got to make me angry. They have to activate me, and stuff like that." I'm just so, ah, oh, shut up, you bellend. I've always thought he's a bit of a bellend, actually, Zlatan. I've never been on the bus with him. But he, he's got the talent, in he? He, he? he has got the talent. It's weird because in the early stages of his career, when everyone was raving about him, I just thought he's never he's never done it on the big stage. He's always played like, you know, okay, he's played for some big clubs and stuff, but. You never really heard about him doing it in like big tournaments, big finals, World Cups, and stuff like that, um, and whatever. And then suddenly he just went into another year, and fucking was incredible. I had um, Championship Manager 0001, and I bought Javier Saviola for Norwich. Uh, I still love Saviola. I still love him as well. And I got Zlatan from Malmo uh, for three million pounds, and I played them up front with Paul Dalglish and got to the Champions League. Oh wow! You obviously <laughs> didn't offer him a trial, did you? Like Arsenal did it around the same time. Yeah, they did, didn't they? And he said, yeah, I don't do trolls. Yeah, I don't do trolls. I'm fucked off, yeah. <laughs> um, Southampton are coming into this fixture having looking to score for the 10th successive Premier League game, which they haven't done since December 2002, when who was the manager? 2002? Yeah. Well, are you Nah. Way, before, way after that, wasn't it? Angry oh. Scotsman. Gordon I mean, Strucker? Yeah, I mean, there's a few, really? to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, but yeah. If it wasn't for your clues, I'd look really stupid on the show. <laughs> that was the year they got to the, um, or the season they got to the FA Cup final. Against FA Cup final, and we beat them 1-0. Yeah, with a horse in defence. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in a pub watching that game with Southampton fans. It was great. <laughs> Southampton fans are really nice. Really nice people. They, they, they didn't mind when I was shouting in their face. I can imagine a, a pub full of Arsenal and Southampton fans is very much like a book group or something. Wow. Would it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. I don't, I did, it did show, uh, somebody on Twitter showed a load of Arsenal fans applauding one of the goals yesterday. It's like a sort of five second shot of the front row somewhere in the, in the Emirates showed a load of Arsenal fans applauding. It says this is Arsenal fans applauding a forward defensive driver. It's, like it, you know, it's not really like that. It, <laughs> I think what it is, what, so I've been to the Emirates a few times. The thing is, it's very hard to hear anything in there. <laughs> like, it's weird because when they when the ground when the ground was um when the ground was built, they said it's got that weird shape to it. Yeah. I'm moving my hands here for the audio listeners. Um and they said that they designed it with acoustics in mind and stuff like that, so that the boys of the crowd and stuff like that. But like when you're in the when you're in the Emirates when, I've been in a packed Emirates when it's what you would consider jumping, I suppose, and it is the sa- the sound doesn't carry around the ground at all. So, you, you, so you, you, even if you've sort of got, you, so you say you've sort of been full and where have you been sat when you've gone? Have you been so? Sort of... I have been like mid uh, halfway line. 
okay. in the upper, upper tier, and I've been in what would be referred to as the clock end mm. uh, and stuff like that. And it's a lot quieter than Highbury. Like I used to, I used to sit on the north bank at Highbury when I used to go down there and stuff. And you know, okay, Highbury wasn't the noisiest ground in the world because it was very open. It's quite uh, a compact little stadium, close to the pitch, wasn't it? But it was still open, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like there was, you know, there was no the corners weren't filled yeah. in and stuff like that. So there were loads of place for the sound to to come out. But is it weird the Emirates? It, you'll hear a chant starting, but it's as if you like outside the ground yeah and stuff like that and then so it, 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 it does i can understand why people would come to the ground i think it's quiet in here but i think it's just because the noise doesn't a lot of the arsenal chants are chants that go round the ground yeah and stuff like that so it's not the whole ground shouting at the same time as well and stuff like that. It, is, it is weird it's it, 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 it's a lovely stadium and stuff like that and, and the fans are great um but it's really strange it's not as bad as stamford bridge though no, so I've been well have you, that. I, I say, have you ever been to Stamford Bridge? No, but plastic flags. Yeah, well, because they're, they're tourist FC, with they, they sell a lot of tourist tickets there. I, I went to... Uh, I was in London for something at Earl's Court, and uh, Chelsea were playing Villa at the time, and it was coming towards the end of the season, and like um, Chelsea were like in the, in the run for the title. And uh, I'd seen all the Chelsea fans pre-game in the pubs and stuff like that, and then, like, um, about, about you know, half past four... I was like n- right next to the ground and whatever, mm. and I remember saying like, "Oh, I thought Chelsea were at home today," because <laughs> you could, you know, you go past a football stadium, you can hear the noise. Yeah, you couldn't hear a fucking thing. Oh, really? I was literally, literally, I could see the stadium. You couldn't hear a thing. And then like I was, so I got my phone out and I was checking. Like, oh yeah, Chelsea playing Villa and whatever. They were winning. They'd scored late on and whatever. And the full time whistle had to have gone when I was there, and I didn't hear a fucking thing. So unless Chelsea has some other acoustic sing where it keeps all the sound in. Uh, it, it was really, really strange. Soundproof stadium. Yeah, but then I spoke to a few Chelsea fans, and apparently the problem they have is because they sell so many tourist tickets because mm. it's a tourist attraction, many real fans don't get in. Maybe that's a good thing, though, with Chelsea's real fans. <laughs> like sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> uh, finally, then, it's the Richard Stearman Derby Wolves versus Fulham. Have you got any sort of affiliation towards Wolves? Do you sort of look out for their results? Or... We discussed on the last like, week. I can't remember. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, cool. I used to play for them. I do keep an eye on them. And my mum's a big Wolves fan and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I play as them a football manager. Um, well, I don't know because it's cheating now, isn't it? Playing as Wolves because they've got a great great squad and loads of money. Yeah, but they um, load up Wolves on Football Manager. It says we expect you to avoid relegation. You think, well, that's great. I've got Jimenez and Neto yeah, yeah, yeah. on my team. <laughs> Sign only Portuguese players. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, sure. Um, no, yeah, I, I do generally look out for, look out for the results uh, and stuff like that. So I'd be so pissed off if I was a Fulham fan. They're looking for the fourth consecutive win. Oh, we've got the sort of pressure of relegation off our backs, so and we, we can win now. Oh, what have we been doing this for the last eight months? Yeah, but then, so then I say, yeah, three clean sheets in a row as well. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a, it, the thing is, it, it takes 25 years, 36 games to settle, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, I suppose, if you're going to um, buy that many players. Um, I can't see anything. I mean, they've had this good run, but can you see it carrying on? I, I, I don't know. Wolves, well, Wolves are seeding for the Europa League as well, but then they're yeah, in they're the bottom it, 16, aren't they? Yeah, they're in seventh, aren't they? Uh, you know, want to make that spot their own. Yeah. Um, but they do strange things like bring on Armando Troyore. Um So, 
I don't know. Again, it's it's weird. Clubs in we've been talking about it all season on the on the Sun Show. Clubs in about the seventh, eighth, ninth. They've all been their form has been like the top, like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Mm. They've been so patchy. Like Bournemouth have been there. Watford have been in there. Everton, who you know they were talking about sacking the manager like, like that long ago, and they could still finish seventh. Um, but Wolves got the best chance because they they occupy the spot at the moment and they're playing Fulham. But you know Fulham seems to have found a bit of form, but I don't think they've played a team as attacking as Wolves. No, fair enough. Okay, right. Uh, that brings us to the end of the Premier League. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Has she got any AOB or not? Have you? Uh, the, well, the only other thing I've seen brought to my attention, I didn't realise this. So Arsenal, for example, three-one up in the semi-final at the Champions League. If they make the Champions League final, they might not be allowed to play one of their players. Arsenal three-one up in Champions League. Uh, semi uh, Europa League, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is um, Herrick Victorian, is it? Mkhitaryan, yeah, yeah, might not be allowed into Azerbaijan for the final. Which he couldn't. Well, he didn't go voluntarily. Yeah. Well, the club left him out when we played Carabag earlier on in the, in the, in the campaign. Um, I just find that shocking that that sort of thing can happen in, in modern day, more the world really. Um, but yeah, modern day football that you know you could be turned out. Don't get me wrong, Mkhitaryan not playing is probably a blessing. Um, but to be to almost be forced into a certain for something like that he's, he's crazy I've got to be honest if they said yeah come on in it won't be a problem I'd, I'd still be a bit <laughs> suspicious yeah yeah you know I understand and stuff like that but this isn't the first time something like this has, has popped up obviously you know we, we've had you know Turkey's got its problems with, with several countries yeah. and like Israel and stuff like that and you know it, it's never I don't think we've ever had the issue where it's like you can't bring your players in yeah. uh, and stuff like that but yeah the, I think UEFA have stepped in and says they'll help sort something out but if, if the Azerbaijani government say <laughs> no what they're going to do is sneak them in the laundry basket could you imagine pushing it all the way from the airport in the laundry basket? That was yeah, suspicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I can imagine him coming on and then like soldiers running at him, Arsenal fans cheering. <laughs> also, one weird thing I've noticed as well, I don't know, I'm hoping someone can correct me. So earlier on in the season, um, Mkhitaryan had to wear number 77. Or was this last season? Oh, okay. Oh, it might, uh, I think I'm getting confused. I think it was last season. Mkhitaryan, when he played in the Europa League, it must have been last season, actually, he, he had to wear number 77, even though he had the number 7 shirt at Arsenal. And apparently, there's a weird UEFA rule where once a, once a player's worn a shirt... It must have been last season because Sanchez, yeah, I'm, being, I'm talking about my ass. But yeah, this weird Europa League yeah. rule where if one player has worn a shirt number and then leaves and someone else takes his shirt number, you can't wear that shirt number oh, in the competition. That... I don't understand how that's even a rule, but yeah, now I think about it, it was because Sanchez had worn the shirt earlier on in the season. I've seen something that happened at Liverpool, and I think it was on the Spanish club, for some reason Morientes or Torres is, is into mind. But yeah, I seem to remember that happening. And I think Phil Neville used to wear different numbers for Manchester United in Europe than... Because he was wore 12 for one and three for the other or something. It's really strange, eh? Like, your shirt number's important. Yeah, I mean, there's races and everything to sort out, but no, that's Yeah, yeah, no, but you can't wear the same shirt number as someone else. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, is there going to be a Sunday show this week? There is, of course. It'll probably, I think it's going to be me. It's definitely me and Dave. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Ali or Ross will join us as well. Okay, brilliant. Um, there's been an unusual effort show the last couple of weeks uh, where they talk about... Um, God, what on earth did they talk about? I listened to it and everything. That's Shari and I. I on. What on earth did they talk about? Oh, Jesse's going to kill you. <gasps> what did they talk about? Oh, <laughs> damn it. I talked to bloody 
Ali about it the other week. Oh, it was the Copper 90 thing. That was it. Where they oh, have... okay, yeah, with Poet, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Poet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're talking about whether, you know, a man is allowed to change his opinion or whether he should be sort of castigated forever and what next for the Copper 90 and all that sort of thing. That is actually a really good podcast if you guys get to check that out. So, yeah, sorry, Jesse, on that one. Um, hopefully there'll be a Euros pod coming out soon as well. And I think we're going to be doing some stuff over the summer as well, close season. So keep your eyes and ears out on that. If they want to follow you, Chris, how do they do that? Oh, God, I never pimp my own stuff. I am XIX Blue Wolf XIX on practically everything. If you want to listen to me moan and be super <laughs> on every platform known to man. <laughs> um, and you can hear him do that. In fact, you read it with a brummy accent as well. Uh, you read yeah. your words like that. <laughs> all right, I can't all believe that's happened. <laughs> uh, okay, at Manipost is a Twitter and Instagram account. You can also give us a like on Facebook as well. Um, we appreciate any rate and review that we get. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast. You can uh, follow or subscribe to everything on there, so everything will automatically arrive into your inbox every week. Uh, right, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. A pleasure. I enjoy doing the show. I, I really do. Thank you so much, and always remember to keep your man on the post.